And we're live. Hey everybody, welcome to Keys to the Jet Podcast live stream. We're here with Chad from Tier One. I'm Red. I'm Rhino. And I'm Blackbeard. Chad. What's up, bro? Morning, gents. Afternoon. What is it out there? What time is it? Nine something? Yep. Yeah, it's nine twenty two. We're a bit early, but it looks like there's two people watching already, which is great. Ooh. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna hey, I'm gonna photo bomb you real quick. My sister-in-law and my niece are walking by. Hey, come here and say hi. We're on a podcast. Woo! Yeah, That's my sweet. sister-in-law. She's carrying twins. One I of them looks just I'm, like me. <laughs> hi, baby. Oh, yeah. be one. Uh, I love you. I'll come find you soon. Okay. Are you leaving? I'm on a. I'm live. Oh, bye. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. No problem. Oh, you're fine. Don't yeah, she's, um, she's pregnant with my with my brother's uh, kid, obviously, and I took her sonogram and I photoshopped my head on the baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Those are always the best kind of pranks. Those are fun. <laughs> yeah. Didn't go over as well as I wanted it to, but wait, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> cool. So... <clears throat> You're right. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah. welcome to the Keys of Jet podcast. Uh, we'll go into um, let's talk about like, who you, who you are. What is your uh, your vision? Like, what's your background? Um, and what's your what's tier one about? Uh, well, my name is Chad Cross, born and raised in um, a town called St. Charles, Missouri, right across the river from St. Louis. I grew up playing sports, wrestling, baseball, lifting weights, joined the Marine Corps when I was 17. Was an infantryman, a machine gunner by trade. I uh, was also a marksmanship instructor. Did four years in the Corps. Uh, came home, was out about a year. And a buddy of mine that I was in the Marines with talked me into joining the Army. And that piece of shit turned around and left me there. And I uh, ended up staying. In the, yeah, he went back to active duty Marine Corps. <laughs> I ended up staying in the Army for like, for like eight years. Uh, deployed to Iraq, deployed to uh, Katrina, uh, Hurricane Katrina down in New Orleans mm. after the uh, hurricane for like uh, basically like an anti-looting type of thing. Yeah. Came home, did some college, uh, changed course, joined St. Louis City Police Department, been there for 15 years, spent the last five years on the SWAT team, and I'm actually resigning next week to run Tier 1 full-time. Hell Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Quitting your day job, so you went yeah, green. brother. Time, time to, uh, time to pursue the dream, one hundred percent. You went green to green. How was that? How was? What were the differences? You know what I mean? Because normally people go green to blue or blue to green. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll always be a marine at heart. Um, the army, there was a lot of things that I liked, but so this was a reserve unit. So I, I didn't go active oh, okay. duty. So, you know, anytime you're in any kind of, it's a completely different culture. What, what was the best about it was, you know, just way more practicality. There wasn't the, you know, the hurry up and wait bullshit that the military is notorious for. And, you know, they're so fucking dumb, you know, they never stop and think like, Hey, maybe this is why we're losing such high quality people. Cause they really don't have the tolerance for the nonsensical bullshit. You can't hey, we got a zero. Yeah, you can't word common sense. You can't. And that just foments an environment where people just, you make it more likely that people are going to screw up. 
you know, and for, for some reason, it's just like never clicked with them. When you treat professionals like professionals, they rise to the occasion. You know, when you treat people like children, they act like children. You know, the infantry was the worst. I mean, hey, if we had a zero six formation, you better be there at 445. You know, what I mean, and the standard parade rest until you pass out, you know, on your face. Uh, yeah, it just people get tired of that shit and they end up leaving. But uh, yeah, so the Army side. Uh, I was in a unit with a lot of guys that were from different police departments and stuff. And uh, a lot of solid guys, man. I deployed uh, with a really, really good unit. Hell yeah. So like reserve, it was weekend warrior type stuff. Like, so more pizzas, yeah, yeah. more pizzas, less chow hall. Yeah, I, it was uh, more hot. It was down, based down in Springfield, <laughs> which is uh, down like mid Southern Missouri, about a three hour drive from me. And, uh, yeah, it, w- it was a solid unit, man. I, I deployed with those guys in 2003, and I-, and I still keep up with them to this day, you know, 20 years later. Oh, yeah. And so you said you were you were on the police force, correct? Yes. Yeah, St. Louis City. That's cool, man. My father-in-law, he retired as a police officer where I'm from out in Arizona. And, uh, you know, he, he was there. I think he was on it for like 25 years or something like that. Yeah, Thanks. nice. Yeah, my dad retired yeah. almost well, almost 30 years. He retired a police chief. Damn. Yeah, I, I never made it past patrolman. Uh, <laughs> never really had any desire. I, You know, a lot of guys ask, are you going to take the sergeant's test? I, I guess because of my military background, you know, I was an NCO in the Marine Corps. Uh, but, you know, in the military, when you're an NCO or a staff NCO or a ranking officer, you know, you actually have – you know, the ability to supervise people and, you know, you, you have a lot more control and ideally you'll be a solid leader. Well, these police departments promote people that have no business having any kind of, you know, leadership or anything of that nature over anybody. It's uh, so I, I didn't, I didn't want to be a sergeant and not have any kind of sergeant authority, so to speak. You know what I mean? It was a big good old boy club there in the police corps. Yeah, yeah, you do see a lot of that. And, you know, there, there's something to be said for it. Like, any unit you're going to get into, you're going to you're gonna naturally – it's just a human nature thing. You naturally form cliques. You naturally gravitate towards people that you're more like and this and that. When it comes time to be on a team, you put all that stupid shit on the back burner and you focus on the fucking mission. Nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, in these police departments, you know, th- those clicks become more important than accomplishing the mission. And that just fractures a unit, you know, the, the cool guys and this and that. And, you know, I'm not I don't drink. I don't party. You know, I don't have side pieces and all this bullshit. So I wasn't the cool guy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an it's an unfortunate aspect, you know, but it's I, I've seen it in the military. Not, it's not as bad in the military because you got people to know what the fucking deal is saying, Hey, you know, negative, that shit ain't going to fly. You're either a part of the team or you're not right. Regulate that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Somebody's there to like, you know, to put a, a squash on that bullshit. If it, uh, if it arises. So what That's year cool, was man. it when you joined the, uh, the Marine Corps? 1995 in the 1900s. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1995. I, I, I was, I was in, I could still say as part of the old core, you know, 
And we like to tease the newer guys that went through the crucible and all that shit. But uh, it's, uh, you know, and unfortunately from everything I hear from guys that are still in or my, my buddy that, that uh, tricked me into joining the army and then left me, he's like, Hey, be glad you got out, man, because the culture has changed so much. It would have just, it would have been nuts. Yeah. That's yeah, all you- I, I heard. The, all the military branches are like that. Yeah, and you know, I, I get it, man. People change with the times, but there are things that are in place, whether they be traditions or, you know, the Marine Corps having that, you know, that legendary level of discipline. You know, everybody says, well, we're brainwashed. I'm like, yeah, I'm brainwashed. I know mm-hmm. this. I, and I tell people that are in charge of me, I'm like, listen, I, you know, I will always be a Marine fucking infantryman at heart. If you tell me to do something, you better be a million percent sure you want me to do it. Because once that that switch is flipped, I, you know, you're like a Terminator. That's it. There's no coming back. Um, you have to have that mentality. And that's why we're such an effective fighting force, because we believe in that we're the most lethal fighting force on the planet. You know, yeah. people don't understand it. And they they use the word brainwashed as a pejorative. I'm like, well, yeah, I do believe in myself and I believe in my teammates, you know, because we're that fucking good. You know, you should try it sometime. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Like self-confidence fucking goes a long way. Uh, yeah, confidence in yourself, confidence mm-hmm. in your leadership. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's another thing these police departments just miss by a mile is, I, I mean, for the most part, I can't think of a my my last lieutenant in SWAT before my the current one is a retired command sergeant major in the Army. He was super locked on knew how to run a unit. He let the guys run it and he just kind of was a supervisor, you know, mm-hmm. didn't have his fingers and everything. Didn't micromanage. He let professionals be professionals. But a lot of these, the vast majority of these commanders have no kind of military background, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what branch you're in. It's all kind of structured the same way, you know, you earn your way up and, uh, and you can see the difference. I mean, it's, it's night and day. And for the life of me, I don't, I believe that any police chief should have to go to some kind of like war college that they put military officers through to understand how effective and vital proper leadership is. You guys, you guys come from the same background I do. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's why, you know, I think that's also why a lot of companies and businesses are so um, you know, gung ho on hiring veterans because they know, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, this is the time we start. This is the, you know, and we're there. There's no questions asked, you know, that stuff is so effective. And with our company, uh, our goal is to grow and it's just a matter of time, you know, we're doing really well, but we're going to hire disabled veterans, first responders, people that come from that background. So people can see what a well-oiled machine looks like. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's perfect. Yeah. Like going back about like the you know how things are changing, like the Air Force is, it's horrible now. Like I mean, like when I when I came in, like it was, you know, your first day on the job, you see that staff sergeant or the NCO, and like that's like the crusty guy that knows everything, and, and you follow his lead. <laughs> yeah. And but he also like disciplines you, right? Like you learn, you learn from your mistakes, and and they're hard on you, and you can't do that yeah. nowadays. You have no, to be like, super nice, and it, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's all this disgusting ideology that has mm-hmm. per you know permeated mm-hmm. the, the the military should be 
military and children should be the last places where there is a hard line that nobody crosses when it comes to the military, when it comes to discipline, morale, you know, effective leadership, mission accomplishment. Nothing should compromise that shit. Yeah. Um, and when I, I can say that for the Marine Corps, I in my all my time there. I was in about, I think, four different units. I only ever saw one officer. I wouldn't say he was incompetent, but he's just kind of a doofus. You know, I mean, the Marine Corps officer program is legendarily difficult, and especially the infantry officer stuff. And I think it's safe to say that all the branches have a very difficult process to become an officer. But you start letting these, you know, people that, they just don't look at the logical conclusion of the shit they're pushing. And now we see the results of it, mm -hmm. a breakdown in discipline, a breakdown in leadership, a breakdown in, you know, everything, you know, and you know, the, just the, the weirdo shit that they're pushing on kids and stuff. Now it's just like, well, yeah. there's nothing off limits anymore. And yeah. you get, you get superpowers like China and I mean, China's like going around. You remember that old GI Joe episode where they were going all over the planet, <laughs> extracting DNA from like the greatest war, like oh, Genghis yeah. Khan, Alexander the Great, the Caesars, and they made Serpentor. Yeah. Probably before your guys' time, but I remember they're like they're like no, scuba diving going into underwater tombs and shit. China's making like genetically superior fighting machines, and we're doing transgender shit. You know, I mean, and this isn't me slandering trans. Time. I don't give a shit about transgenders, mm -hmm. but there are there are times and places, you know. Hey, listen, I was in the grunts. Okay, I'm humping a fucking Ma Deuce 25 miles. I need somebody that can carry their weight. I need somebody, you know, the same thing in SWAT. You know, when we're all kitted up and shit, you know, our breeches were over 300 pounds. If that guy goes down, I got to grab him by the strap and drag him out backwards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can't compromise certain things, mm -hmm. but we do. Yeah. Yeah. While yeah. they want inclusivity, you know, the ideology, they shouldn't push certain ideologies into, into the military because we should have a, just a, you know, standard. We want a fighting force, not somebody who's going to, you know, not somebody who's going to let their beliefs get in the way of defending the citizens of the U S you know what I mean? It's like, like you take you take a granite rock and you purposely put cracks in it. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's gonna eventually, you know, enough cracks and it's gonna fracture. And that's the same way you destabilize a country and a people. And America, you know, is still an experiment. You know, we're only a couple hundred years into this experiment, and outside nefarious people mainly China that infects every, you know, TikTok, TikTok in China is educational. TikTok in America is meant to rot your fucking brain. And yeah. these idiots just eat it up. You know, they can't get enough of it. It's, uh, you know, it's like the old, um, what was our favorite shit in the MRE, the old fucking Mars bar or whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just Yuri Bezumov, that KGB defector, told us this decades ago he says this is exactly how they're going to do it and it's all playing out right in front of us you know that you feed it you don't you don't give people a giant plateful of it you feed it to them spoonful yeah. by spoonful and before you know yeah. it boom completely you know it's Completely permeated changed. every yeah it's permeated every aspect 
uh, of our society, of our institutions, of our military. And it's like if you it's one of those things you don't even notice it. If you look at yourself in the mirror every day, you don't see those subtle, subtle changes in your physique. Don't, you know, work out, eat properly. Don't look at yourself for a month. Then go look in the mirror. It's like, holy shit, you look completely different. They're doing it in a very subtle, you know, way. And uh, I, you're seeing the results of it now. Seven, I saw a thing the other day, 70% of our military is like overweight. And I'm like, holy, that is, I, I never saw a fat Marine, saw some fat sailors. I, I wasn't around enough Air Force people to see any fat airmen. Uh, we're fat. All right fat. here. We're, 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 we're all right here. <laughs> On the flight line. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, and it's, and I mean, look, bros, this is all by design, all by design. You know, the, the, the food that they're pushing in the military. Now, I mean, it's always, you know, it's legendarily, it's always been fucking slop, you know, but you can go, when you're in the fucking grunts, you can go in there and eat a dozen large pizzas a day. When you're humping 25 miles, you're going to burn that shit right off. Mm. But, um, you know, these police departments too, St. Louis city PD has like zero physical standards. Once you're out of the academy, you know, you, you can look like fucking King Kong Bundy and nobody's going to say a word to you. <laughs> but if you have, you know, if you have visible no, tattoos, so, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's disgraceful, man. I mean, everything you can do to destroy a people and a citizenry is being done and it's being, it's being promoted by like, you know, the highest levels of government too, which is just, which is even more tragic, you know? I think the one thing that, uh, like, go ahead and call me weird, but like in the Air Force, they You're now uh, they allow you to put like just leave your like walk around with your hands in your pocket pocket in uniform. Pardon. To me, that that's like a huge, like that doesn't look professional. You know, like when, when we that's... were in, it was it was no hands in pocket. You had to look professional. You had to wear your hat at all times. Like you had to for look real for real on God like, like the military. And then for now real. it's like their uniforms are falling apart. Their hands are in their pocket. They look like shit. And it's like, that's not a professional image. You look like it's look like yeah. Shit. The, I, yeah. That's funny. You mentioned that. Cause I got a great story about hands and pockets strictly forbidden in the, you know, in the Marine Corps. And I was walking across the grinder. It was, you know, zero dark 30 or whatever, really fucking cold. Then I'm trying to get to the chow hall. And the staff sergeant sees me with my hands in my pockets. And he was, a, he was a really nice guy, which is, it's not typically how it went with your staff NCOs. And he's like, hey, PFC Cross, let me come here for a minute. Yes, staff sergeant. He said, if I ever see your hands in your pockets, I'm going to fucking rip them off. Yes, staff sergeant. <laughs> I fucking bugger off, you know. Hell yeah. And um, now there are times where, if, if it's an issue of practicality, I can understand it. If you're in the field, if it's bitter cold, you don't have the proper gear. I want to keep my gun hand and my, especially my trigger finger warm enough that they function properly. So yeah. there, there's a time and place for it. But when you're in garrison, no, you know, yeah. and that's the yeah, thing, man, you know, it's, yeah, you, it, it, it's the little things. People don't understand that every little tiny you know bit of discipline or cleaning your it's because if you don't do the big things you won't do the little things i can't trust you know i i went to um i uh i went to a range a couple about a week and a half ago and trained some policemen on on the ar okay and i don't know if any of them had military 
military backgrounds or anything, but yeah. before we started, I was like, let me see everybody's weapon. Bone dry, <laughs> grimy. Damn. I was just like, I was like, gents, this shit ain't going to fucking fly. Okay. I know you work in Bowling Green. I know that there's like a 0% chance you're ever going to get into a gun battle. But trust me, when your gun is this fucking grimy, you're going to get into a gun battle and it's going to go down. You know, so it's little shit like that. Supervisors not supervising. And before they left, you know, my uh, my uh, buddy is the chief of the department that ran it. We made sure everybody cleaned their shit like I'm like, hey, bro, this is how you break down the bolt. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. You know, these things have to be operational, you know. So, but, um, yeah, you just AR. don't. Especially yeah. AR, oh, so they'll, jam, yeah. they'll jam like a motherfucker. I mean, it sounded like when I was working that bolt, I was like, yeah. I'm like, bro, I, I almost lost my ship. But I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> reel it in. You're not, you know, you're not an NCO anymore. You know, there, there's better ways to talk to people other than motherfucking them and this and that. Uh, is there though? But yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> no, there's not. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can't stress it enough, man. And even when I was on SWAT, you know, I know I could be overbearing, but there's always a reason for it. You know what I mean? Like we got to police each other. And you know, if I pick up your rifle and I finger fuck that bolt and my finger comes out black, bro, you're mm -hmm. dropping the ball. You know, because we got into we got into a lot of shootings, man. You know, a lot of callouts, exchange a lot of gunfire and stuff, and you know, it's uh, it's just it's like a lost art, man. You know, the the idea of disciplining somebody now is just seen as such a negative thing, and it's just mm -hmm. like, okay, man. I mean, well, you're gonna see the results of that too. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking ridiculous. All the changes yeah. that are going on, like everywhere in the fucking U.S. Yeah, I mean, schools, like, institute. Yeah. I mean, everything, man. It's just like, well, but, but here's the thing. You know, ch change is normal. Uh, you know, every society throughout history has, has you know, especially uh, America, we're like the youngest nation in the mm -hmm. world still. There's going to be growing pains. Yeah. But there are certain things throughout history that have been hallmarks of a civilization in decline. And we're starting mm -hmm. to show some of those. And one of the big ones is, and before, I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't care if you want to switch genders. I don't. You keep your fucking hands off of kids and you stay out of their bathrooms and stop trying to compete against women. You know, if you can't cut mm -hmm. it as a dude, oh, well, listen, I've been competing in combat sports for a long time. I've had my ass whipped before. I'm not going to tuck my pecker between my legs, you know, shave my beard and, you know, call myself <laughs> Alice so I can go compete against fucking girls. So I just go got to take it off. Yeah. I got to go. I got to take it on the chin and get better. I got to put in mm -hmm. the work to get better, you know, and the transgender thing has has been the beginning of the end of multiple civilizations. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, it's a historical thing. I don't think it, it's obviously not something new. It's just now with the propagation of social media and all this trash. You get people. And you got to remember human nature, like Marcus Aurelius said, what is its nature? You know, so in order to understand what we're trying, I don't like to say fighting against, but there are things I'm going to fight against. You know, like I said, keep your hands off of fucking kids and stop fucking with the military. I will push back on that. And I would never suggest violence. You know, you get all these dweebs on Facebook and this and that. They think they're going to, I'm like, look, 
I am violence, motherfucker. You don't want to go there, I promise. You don't know what you're asking for. Don't know what you're getting yourself into. Oh, and, that's good uh, you, you bring up Marcus Aurelius because all that stoicism stuff I've been looking into and fucking... It's hot he, shit, man. That is I think good. if you don't own a copy of Meditations by Marcus yeah, Aurelius, exactly. you are doing yourself a great disservice. In mm-hmm. my opinion, and the top top three most brilliant minds in human history. Marcus Aurelius, David Lee Roth, and probably <laughs> Einstein, or maybe Larry go. Flint. All of them <laughs> massive contributors to society. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's helped me a lot with all the uh, the stoic. Just I've had like traits like that in the past that I didn't really know about it, but when I, s- I started looking into it and like knowing all the passages and shit, it's Oh, really dude, it changed me how I, how I question, think and feel about everything. Is it in an audiobook? Because I don't like to read stuff. It's it's out there everywhere. <laughs> For Christ's sake, you <laughs> lazy millennial fucking worm. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lazy fucker. Yeah. No, I get it. I get I'm, it. I'm sure it is. It's <laughs> not. It's it not is. that long of a read. No, it's not. But it is fucking. There is more brilliance in that one mm-hmm. book than probably anything else I've ever read. This is this Wait. is the key to living your life. You know, and he and he nailed this shit centuries ago, and you got to remember, especially now, because I fall into it too. I lose my shit way mm-hmm. too easily. I do, and now that we're in this age of hyper emotional reactions to everything, it's just I got to remember, you know, working uh, working the streets of St. Louis for fifteen years. You know, there's been a couple times where I've lost my shit on people, and every time. I got to talk myself back out of it. And I feel embarrassed afterwards. I'm like, I shouldn't have let this person that has no bearing on my life or my day, get me to the point where I react. Mm-hmm. I was, I had to be embarrassed for myself, you know? And, uh, that philosophy, I made it all that time. And I only ever sustained two complaints. One guy, a drunk said I broke his phone during an arrest. And another kid said that I was going to, that I told him I was going to smash his head in. And I was like, well, I never fucking said that. And then they played the body cam video and sure as shit I did. Uh, <laughs> so I couldn't deny it, but I was like, well, I didn't do it. So obviously I didn't mean it. You know, I can say anything, but I didn't do shit. But yeah, it, it helps, you know, because everybody is so sucked into Facebook and Instagram and all this trash. And you constantly find yourself reacting emotionally. And especially you, all you guys can relate to this coming from the military. You don't react emotionally. We act, mm-hmm. react objectively and strategically Rationally. without emotion. Yeah. You know, if you watch, you know, Jocko, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's, uh, I, I love Jocko. I think his energy drinks suck, but I still buy him. But he said, I you know, there's times where there, there are, I, listen, no matter what, if you're a veteran, I'm going to support you. Even if I don't like your shirts, your mission, you're a veteran, you know, we're co- we come from the same background. We chew the same dirt. I'm going to do whatever I can to support you. Jocko said, you know, they would be in, you know, firefights or some really hairy situations and guys would be like, oh my, you know, there's this, there's this, we, there, we're, we're in an L-shaped ambush where the, you know, they got the high ground and Jocko's just like, good. And they're like, what do you mean good? You know, they want, you know, they want the, you know, they want the gunships to come in and the specters to do strafing runs and shit. You know, they want armored columns coming up. And it's just like, it's like when Chesty at Chosen Reservoir was surrounded. He's like, good. Now, now we're fighting them every direction. Now we know where they're at. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. if you have the emotional reaction, 
you, you know, you're going to choose the wrong contingency plan. If you think rationally and strategically, you know, boom, you figure it out. Yeah, emotions can uh, create a fog, you know. Emotionally, as Officer Cross saying, I'm going to smash your fucking head in. <laughs> strategically, I should have been like, yeah, bro, I don't want those hands because you're a 125-pound fucking ghetto goblin. And I'm sure you knock people out left and right, you know. That, yeah, my bad, you bro. go, brother. That's yeah. A good one. Yeah, I got well, sucked into it. <laughs> <laughs> With all that being said, so uh tier one, like what what does it stand for? And like what was your like vision behind it? Like what like what was your motivation to like create your own company? He's the one so, god. Tweer, it's actually pronounced tweer. Tweer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you checked out the website, most of our stuff is Norse inspired. Uh, I love the the Norse ethos, the mythology, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the samurai stuff, too. You know, I live by the Bushi. I got the Bushido code tattooed on my leg. I got a massive Japanese back piece. I'm covered in Japanese tattoos. To me, it's, it's a way of life, especially in a day and age where nobody seems to have any kind of moral compass, any values, any kind of right. guidance at all everything's just you know it's um you know instant gratification it's constantly chasing dopamine and stuff you know i live a very disciplined lifestyle and um we're trying so that the idea behind it is we're using um proceeds to help veterans and first responders that have p i don't like to call it ptsd because when you add that word disorder I, i feel like it's a pejorative and a crutch you know, post-traumatic stress, all four of us have it. You know, you can get it just from life experience. You don't have to be a combat vet. You don't have to have, um, you know, been in a gunfight or anything else. You know, regular everyday life Loud is tough enough sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, but Brazilian jiu-jitsu has been the best therapy I've ever done. You know, I've talked to counselors. I've done this and I've done that. And it works for some people. But getting in there and physically pushing yourself against another person there, there's something about it like believe when you're when you're fighting off a choke or a kimura or your your joints are about to explode i'm not worried about the shit i saw in iraq or the shit i did at work i'm trying not to get choked out it gives you a different perspective it's good cardio and uh, there, yeah there's that too but it's uh you know i come from a wrestling background and so I know what hard work is, you know, wrestling is every bit as hard as anything I ever did in the military. And that, you know, you typically practice for an hour, an hour and a half. Whereas, you know, if we're doing a hump, if we're moving, you know, from mountaintop to mountaintop, that's a, you know, that's an all day thing, you know, so that mental toughness will always be there. I'm just, we're trying to get people back into that mindset of, of resilience, you know, that you have it in you to get past this stuff and better yet, we're there with you. If you're going through hell, we're going with you. Yeah. You know, that was on the back of one of our shirts. But what I, that what prompted me to do this is I actually started a nonprofit with a fellow uh, Marine Corps war veteran buddy of mine. And we had a gym and everything. And unfortunately it seemed like we just had kind of like different visions for where we wanted to take it. He did most of the work on the business end. So basically I said, Hey dude, this is all yours. Still going to send people your way, this and that. I'm just going to branch out on my own. Now I have complete creative and business control of what we do. 
And I've seen too many people fall between the cracks when it comes to having their, it's the emo, it's the mental and emotional anguish that hurts the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I came out pretty military wise. I had um, my feet are flat. I'm almost deaf in my left ear. I had some tendon, some partial tendon and ligament damage in my right hand um, from something. Maybe, maybe some back problems from being in the grunts for so long. But uh, other than that, I'm pretty, you know, pretty scot-free. Um, the police department, and this is something that people don't know, first responder suicide rates are 18 a day. Okay. Everybody, we all know that veterans are 22 a day, 18 a day. That's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and Dang, I was, a funny, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, I've had teammates, you know, on SWAT that have had to like leave, leave the life, man, because it's just hundred miles an hour all the time. These departments do not take care of you. Okay. Uh, I have my own personal stories. I'm not going to voice anybody else's opinion. They can do that if they want. But a friend of mine who's now, he's a retired policeman. He was shot in the line of duty. He's a counselor now. And he said, they've been doing these studies for decades that show 85% of the stress and anxiety you experience as a police officer comes from the department itself. I'm like, well, yeah, the St. Louis city police department is a fucking case study on that. You know, it's, uh, it's unbelievable that they just, at some point you have to realize they just don't care. I'm sorry. I hate to say that, but I've seen enough of it and I've been on the receiving of and receiving end of it enough times to know that these people just don't care. And I got tired of seeing people I cared about fall through the cracks. I've had close friends commit suicide, you know, and these people are suffering, you know, when you suffer mentally and emotionally and spiritually, you're naturally going to suffer physically too. Mm-hmm. And we just had, we just had a young guy, uh, a detective pass away a few days ago. Okay. He was, I think he was in his thirties and I, I don't think I knew him, but I saw a picture of him and you know what? Hey, I, I'm going to be the bad guy here. He was really overweight, which is really, you know, common and, you know, policing now uh, because of your constant, elevated stress, your constant elevated cortisol, which triggers the body to crave the worst types of food. You get in this, you're stuck in this vicious cycle and, you know, it's, they're, they're not educated on, you know, proper training and nutrition and this and that. Our sleep cycles are so fucked up. You know, there's times where I would, I would go a couple weeks with Littleton. I was forgetting people's names. Okay. Guys I've known for 10 years, everybody became bro. Even fucking girls, because I'm like, what's up, brother? Yeah. I've known you for 15 years, but I don't remember your name because I'm a piece of shit, you know, and you're, you're expected to make split second decisions under duress running on fumes. OK, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been times where we've been up for 30 something hours on a call out trying to take in murder suspects that are shooting at us and shit. And I'm like, I'm on my third bang, you know, so it's basically we're police departments, fire departments and the military is dropping the ball on too many people and I'm sick and fucking tired of it. So we're doing something about it. That's basically yeah. the bottom line of our mission. The whole physical thing, like I, I've in a little over a year now, I've taken off 80 pounds of myself and working out and getting better and better throughout the, the days and shit. And 
I'm surprised. Yeah. I feel better now than I ever did in my life. Like physically. Bro, I'm 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 46 now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I'm like five eight, about 175 pounds. I have abs year round. Everybody's like, oh, Mike, motherfucker, come train with me. Okay, mm-hmm. while you're out, you know, you're on your fucking 15th Paul Mall. You know, you're drinking, you're eating like shit. Dude, I'm getting up at 5 a.m. and doing 125-pound kettlebell swings all day and eating nothing but steak and eggs. I fucking mm-hmm. earned this shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I am working on, another thing we're going to do with the uh, the company is – we're going to attach a training program to it that you can, you know, they'll have a link on the website. Uh, I've been flying around the, I, I just got back from Las Vegas. I oh, flew yeah, out I there and trained. That. I would love that dude. That would be fucking dude, awesome. Especially it, kettlebell training. Like that would be it, one. I, I love the kettlebells. I would love to do that. Dude, they're, they're, they're super versatile. I have, I have a pair of a hundreds and I have a pair of one twenty fours. You can do so much. They're not the be all end all, but they are super versatile. It's another tool in the toolbox, you know, like, um, like with the fighting thing, I prefer to be way, you know, there, there's guy I've been training, uh, at the Academy, you know, for ever since I've been on. And, uh, I always tell somebody, I'm like, Hey, this fight goes where I want it to. If I want to take it to the ground, there's nothing you can do to stop that double leg brother. Cause if you're going to carve me up on the feet, I ain't going to stand up with you. I'm going to snatch that leg up and dump you on your ass. Or if they're better on the ground, I'm going to be like, <laughs> there's no way you're taking me down. So it's just having more tools in the toolbox. And uh, so the training program, you know, I have studied this shit for thousands of hours. You know, I've been a, I've been a lifelong athlete. I've always been super, probably obs- an, an unhealthy obsession with learning about nutrition, how the body works, how the how it all works in concert together. And one thing people aren't aware of is how much food has a drug-like effect on your body mentally mm-hmm. we car bro, yeah and that's yeah. why it is so dangerous listen i i do a cheat meal about once a week i'll go eat you know so usually some mexican and then may, maybe a blizzard i gotta fight them cravings the rest of the fucking week it's just like now i know what it's like to be a crackhead it is horrible <laughs> it takes every ounce of discipline to drive past dairy queen and not stop and get like two fucking blizzards you know it's um <laughs> But it also, it is such a downward spiral. Once that shit gets its, its hooks in you, man, you are, you're, you're in a bad way, man. And uh, I have the people that follow my program and my, I don't like to call it a diet because that seems like a temporary thing. It's an eating pattern. Mm-hmm. It has changed their lives so positively, so dramatically, you know. So much so that a friend of mine flies me to Vegas to train her son. Damn. You know, the results speak for themselves. And uh, you got to, I mean, you look now, you get the FDA and all these people that are in charge of our health promoting mm-hmm. Lucky Charms for dinner. <laughs> Damn. That is, that's straight up fucking evil, man. That is some, you know, eat less meat. Great. Now I'm going to eat two pounds of red meat a day because you said not to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, After- it's... Uh, it, after this, we can link up and uh, I, I'll get some training. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, Black, if you, Black, Black, dude, Black guys, honestly, Blackbeard's obviously losing all the weight, but uh, if you want to use uh, Red and I as guinea pigs for your program, <laughs> well, well here, you know, you know, my my program is so it's so simple. It's rooted mm-hmm. in evolutionary science. It's rooted in, in human biology. It's a 
I'm going to plagiarize a guy, a guy named Dr. Anthony Chaffee. The guy is, he's a neurosurgeon. So he's a, he's a genius brainiac. Okay. Literally doing brain surgery and shit. He's also a stud freaking athlete. The dude is huge and jacked. And the way he, the way he worded it, it clicked with me. He said a species appropriate diet is like, that makes so much sense. Okay. We didn't. So I go all the way back through evolution, you know, Neanderthals, Australopithecus, all these things. The human brain exploded in size and we actually grew bigger, taller and faster with the incorporation of animal meats and animal fats, specifically animal fats, which have been completely demonized for decades now. Right. Mm -hmm. You know where that shit came from? A couple, the guy that had the most horrible effects ever on the American populace was this fucking asshole named Ansel Keys. He was the main driver behind demonizing fats and promoting sugars and stuff as, as healthy. Then we had, everybody's familiar with Kellogg's cornflakes, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Kellogg was our attorney general at one time. Well, he was one of those seventh day Adventist weirdos that don't believe in eating meat because according to them, and there is some truth to this eating meat, will increase your sex drive via the cholesterol you get from red meats, which is the building block of all the hormones in your body. Okay. Another thing, yeah. cholesterol is the cell mem every cell membrane in your body is a cholesterol membrane, but avoid cholesterol, right? Go ahead and avoid cholesterol and, and face an agonizing fucking death. Okay. So Kellogg invented cornflakes for breakfast and that's where the american obesity rate went skyrocketed okay a species appropriate diet is ideally ruminants a ruminant is a bison a cow an elk you know the the ones that process the vegetation the way it's dispersed through their body makes it bioavailable to humans you know hmm. animal fats pastured eggs, legit wild fish, and then fruits and vegetables as we know them now are nothing like nature intended. Bananas were small. They're, they're living. They don't want to be eaten. They have defense mechanisms, toxins, oxalates, phytates, leptins, all this shit. Because everybody that promotes that vegetation shit, I'm like, okay, instead of going to the grocery store to get this shit, go live off the fucking land for a month. Okay, you're going to be you're you're, you're probably going to die. Okay? Yeah. It's not a species appropriate diet. It's that simple. Stop trying to argue this. If you do it for ethical reasons, I can respect that. But to say that eating vegetation is healthier and better for you than eating, you know, what evolution and biology has dictated for us, you're just Can I say cunt? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You're a cunt. You say whatever you want. Okay, you're a cunt. <laughs> you're a fucking cunt. That's all you are. You know. Yeah. And so when, and th this is uh, back in Arnold's day, which is considered the golden era of bodybuilding, right? Mm -hmm. Those guys didn't have access to nearly the amount of drugs and this and the training knowledge and equipment. But remember, though, when those guys got into contest shape, man, they were peeled. You know, they looked amazing. Yeah. You know yeah, what their diet good. was? Their their contest prep diet was steak and eggs. Yeah. No shit. Hell yeah. Which is brilliant. Red meat 
is a true superfood. There are over 25,000 different nutrients in red meat alone. Okay. And then the egg, I always like to say nature doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Okay. Everyone, oh, I take that back. When I was doing my post deployment, you know, shrink thing, the psychiatrist told me I was a mistake in nature. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, how you feel? I'm like, I would, I would go back and do it again. But, you know, this and that. But the egg is a is a perfect food. It's got a protein efficiency ratio of 100%. That yolk is loaded with so many nutrients that are so vital to, you know, growth, hormone, and just everything. And so they, what do they do? They encourage people to throw the yolk away. I'm just like, it'd be like buying a fucking T-bone and throwing the fucking filet and the strip away and then eating yeah. the fucking bone. I, people it. are just so, they've been so misled, so misguided, so lied to. And it's, it's like getting them to unlearn this shit is, is so hard, but I'm like, the best way to do it is I'm like, okay, look at this person before and after the protocols I put them on. Okay. Species appropriate diet, the proper kind of water, the proper kind of electrolytes. Cause when you, I'm big on doing like really hardcore elimination diets, a meat and water diet, eliminate all the all the bullshit in your body all the inflammation then we can start to titrate certain nutrients back in as needed if some if people want to eat vegetables i'm like okay let's add a little bit here and just you know for a month and let's just see how you feel you know my business partner she has really high sensitivities to certain foods and she gets inflammation joint pains all kinds of stuff you know vegetables and certain fruits have that kind of effect on certain people, not everybody. Mm. Um, right. But you know, you take again. You know, we've bastardized all these foods to where they're nothing like nature intended. And another thing, I I, I kind of propose to people, I'm like, you know, can you find me a single naturally occurring food in nature that has proteins and carbs together? Can you guys think of anything that grows naturally with just proteins and carbs? Mm -hmm. right no, yeah. now what we do find naturally the the one place you will find all three macronutrients is mother's milk mammalian milk which has a very specific application for a very specific type of person for a very specific amount of time after we're weaned you know it's it's you can probably <laughs> I know some weirdo's probably going to corner some kind of breast milk fucking industry. Um, <laughs> I, I would try it if it's going to make me grow. I'll try it. But, you know, it's another one of those things. And I'm just like, it kind of makes sense to me that I'm going to eat things as nature intended them. Um, now, you'll get a lot of people that can eat any old way, not have any problems, not have any weight gain, not have any inflammation or systemic issues. Lucky. I always say, yeah, I'm like, hey, look, they lucked out. So what I do with people is I assume you have every fucking ailment in the book. You have fucking gout. You have goiter. You have lupus. You have this. You have that. We're going to put you on an extreme elimination diet and then titrate things back in to find what is optimal for you. That what's mm -hmm. optimal for this guy. You know, two of my teammates, these guys eat shit that would give a fucking bull elephant diabetes, okay? And they're both could step on a contest stage in a week. And I'm like, why on earth would I listen to those guys? They have no idea what they're right. doing. 
You know what I mean? So I, I start with kind of like the most extreme example possible and then go from there. You know, like all three of you guys will probably have different allergens, um, immuno responses to certain foods and stuff. But what I have never, ever seen once in all this time is somebody having any kind of allergic reaction or any kind of negative reaction to grass fed beef, pasture eggs, eggs, wild fish. It just doesn't happen because yeah. guess what? That's the, that's, those are the nutrients and fuels that our body evolved to use properly. They're bioavailable. Yeah. You know, man. And when you, when you eat that, it's like, people are like, man, don't you get bored? It's a strange thing. It's like, I crave steak. I crave omelets. You know, I crave a good giant chunk of wild salmon. I really don't crave junk. Mm. And once you get past that point and you're not a slave to your fucking, you know, your appetite, man, it is such a, mm. it's a huge load off your back, man. It's, it's an incredible thing. That's like my eating patterns don't dictate my life. Cause I used to be that, you know, that bro scientist, you know, it's like, I'm in my lab under Mount hood eating eight times a day. Cause if yeah. I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking atrophy. Yeah, calories, just like, Holy shit. I was a miserable piece of shit. I couldn't go anywhere. Like when I was a range instructor, we couldn't eat in front of the recruits. So I'd put a steak in my pocket. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, walk, no I shit. Take... I'd be like, I'd like turn oh, my yeah. head. You know, if a recruit looked at me, get your fucking eyeballs off me. <laughs> you know, I'm like trying to eat a steak all, you know, all low key and shit. Good pocket steaks. Dude, well, the, yeah. the, the other hard part too with like the how uh, how everything is now is everything is getting more expensive. So like for instance, California mm -hmm. out here, uh, I was going to to Albertsons the other day and it was like just grass fed beef and it was one pound in, in a package, you know, and it was like thirty six dollars. Yes, yes or no. So believe it or not, Walmart has a line of grass fed beef. It's called like uh, something market. Blah blah blah. You can get 80%, 85%, 90%, 93%. The most expensive one, I think, is six and a half bucks for a pound. Mm. Now, I'll eat up to two pounds Damn. of beef a day. So if I can eat two pounds of, of grass-fed beef a day for 15 bucks, I think, you know, here, here's my thing, fellas. Like, I don't have kids or anything. But when you, if you were to ask, so let's just say you ask, you know, hypothetically, a guy that has a family, he's got a wife and kids. What's the most important thing in your life? Well, my family. Okay. Why isn't your health the most important thing in your life? Because without that, none yeah, of those other things really your matter. You're, you are not going to be the foundation your family needs, you know, if they got to constantly tend to you because you're a metabolic mess or you got diabetes or, mm -hmm. can, you know, any one of these numerous 70% of Americans have some kind of metabolic disorder That's because where, of what they're eating. So uh, a couple of years ago, I was, I had this big lump on my back. I'd hurt my back and I gained, I went up to almost 300 pounds just because I was eating junk and couldn't do anything. Yeah. You know, and uh, having, I have two kids and a wife and I was like, fuck man, I need to do something. So I started using kettlebells and went from 290 down mm -hmm. to 250. Uh, like right now I'm at 248, you know what I mean? So it's, yes, I'm maintaining, but I like to get down, but it, it was, it was tough, man, but I had to do it because I want to be around for my kids. You know, they're mm -hmm. one's a One teenager on, and one's eight. So they're getting, they're getting up there, but 
Well, you know, hey, you are you're the number one male figure in their life, you know, and whether you recognize it or not, I'm sure you do. You know, you're the first person they look up to and a a father's love is like no other. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a a good friend of mine on the department. You know, he's going to die of a heart attack or a stroke, grossly overweight. He finally came to me and he's like, he's like, man you know, I need you to help me. I need you to train me this. I said, Brian, I'm so proud of you for doing this. He's like, I want to be here for my son. I said, all you got to do is show up. We showed up about four it's times. Cool. Then he decided to, then he decided to start going to planet fitness. I'm like, well, brother, you know, when I eulogize you, I'm just going to say, I fucking told you so, you know, <laughs> you, you gotta, I I'm not the, I'm not the nice guy. Okay. And I do it for a reason because people are way too fucking coddled now. Yep. You train with me. Here's the thing. Leave your fucking phone in your bag. If you need to track shit, you write it down on a notebook. You don't need music. I'm going to be yelling and screaming and pushing you, you know, because everybody I'm like vehemently anti phone in the gym because people <laughs> will come up with. A, well, they come up with a million excuses as to why you yeah. need it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's great. But you're not just using it for this and that. You're watching dogs ride fucking surfboards on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're swiping on one of your 500 dating apps. You're liking this, but you're doing that. Don't give me that shit. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking squash it right there. Okay. If you can't focus, if you, if you don't have the mental willpower to focus on your health for an hour, you don't mm-hmm. need me. You need a fucking psychiatrist or a fucking, yeah. you, you need to go to rehab or something. You need to go to the Betty Ford clinic. You know, what I mean, that is so fucking pathetic how addicted people are to the shit. And plus, I don't, I don't want to wait. You know, it's like every time I go to the gym, there's some fucking asshole or some fucking skanko with some. You know, they got their tripod set up, their, their ring light, and all this shit. I'm like, I'm like, hey, weirdo, you're doing like the good girl machine. Who the fuck are you? Hey, man. The only thing you're influencing is, you know, me to call you out on your improper technique. You know, and and these gyms do fuck all to squash that shit, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And then they post it online when they get like, you know, they, they do that, the weirdo trap kind of thing. Have you seen those? <laughs> oh yeah. With Joey Swole, yep. you know? Oh yeah. I, I like Joey, but I wish she was meaner. Yeah. You know, I wish, I wish they would start doxing these fucking cocksuckers. You know I mean? Like, like, you know, these, these girls that are just begging for attention and then you get mm-hmm. it and you get all saying, get the fuck out of here. You know, don't get your fallopian tubes all fucking twisted up <laughs> because some guy that's not a six foot fucking five thundercock had the audacity to look <laughs> at you while you're spreading your fucking butthole, you know, okay. for, for the world to see. You know what I mean? It, it just drives me fucking nuts. You know, and I've, I've gotten into them people in the gym before. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you know what I mean? what's up brother i mean can i you're just you know what i mean yeah and it's yeah. it's just it drives me fucking there's... warm up with selfies you'll see them warm up with selfies <laughs> in the mirror i'm doing yeah. selfie warm up hey man well i thought about i thought about mocking these douchebags by like bringing in like an old school vhs you know those yeah. giant record yeah, and like some hire some <laughs> fucking kid to hold like a light and a boom mic and shit and <laughs> You know, that would be that would be awesome videos, dude. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, but it's 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 something that I'm trying to pull people away from because it's you're not working, dude. Okay, you're not fucking working hard. Okay, you're you're more worried about what's going on in your goddamn phone and inconveniencing people that are there to try. You know what I mean? 
it's, uh, you know, but gyms are businesses and I get it. You know, I get it. If you say, Hey, you know, you can't record here. Bobby, like, oh, I'll just go somewhere else. <clears throat> well, fine. Fucking see you. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my end goal is to have a training facility that where phones are strictly forbidden. You know, it's going to be like, you know, everybody says, Oh, this is a hardcore." I'm like, you don't know what hardcore is motherfucker. I trained in my garage in Missouri you know, and, and, and sometimes single digit fucking cold with no air, no heat, you know, spiders, roly polies, crickets. I think I had a bat in my fucking garage for a while. Hell yeah. You know, yeah, I don't want to hear your your version of hardcore is a fucking walk in the park, punk. You know, mm-hmm. but the everything every little nuance I do has a very specific purpose. I am getting you to rely on yourself again. And guess what? When you fail or fall. I'm right here to pick you up. Mm-hmm. That's what we do for each other. I, I, you know, none of us really know each other. I'd give any one of you guys the last dollar in my wallet or the shirt off of my back, just because you're veterans. And we've, I know what you guys have been through, you know, yeah. it's, um, it's just something that's lost in all this fucking whack ass gym culture. Now, you know, it's, it's bitch shit. They don't train hard. They don't work hard. You know, I I'm 46 years old. I'm still smashing dudes half my fucking age, you know, in the gym, whether it's in the mm-hmm. weights, fucking jujitsu fighting, you know, like, uh, you want a piece of the old man? Come get it. <laughs> come on and come on. Right and Mike right come, here. Come, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come get some, you know, I'm going to fucking push your shit in. Hell yeah. So you, you were talking about like, uh, red meats and everything. What are your, what are your takes on like chicken and turkey? Like the, the there, leaner, you, you, the you've heard, I, I don't believe in lean meat. I think it's, it's very, so my, what I do is I push nutrient density, a four ounce piece of, of fatty red meat has 10 times the amount of nutrients, hmm. micronutrients, fats, proteins, than a four ounce fucking chicken breast where, you know, some poor fucking chicken that probably has cancer and fucking the clap <laughs> is eating fucking eating fucking chicken shit and, and soy pellets uh, you, yeah. you remember when we, growing up you are what you eat yeah well it's it, more to the point it's you are what you assimilate okay and it's like you know a good you know it's kind of a it's kind of a cheesy cliche metaphor but it's like putting different types of fuel into a high performance machine Okay, when 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 we're eating a species appropriate diet, when we're getting the proper rest, recovery, when you are when you are very, when you're mentally, emotionally, and spiritually on point, you are functioning optimally. Why would I compromise any of that? You know what I mean. So your lean chicken. If you're gonna eat chicken, eat the dark meat with the skin on it. If you're gonna eat turkey, eat that fucking leg. You know, but that's why. I, I push red meat so much is because of the okay. nutrient density, L-carnitine, creatine, zinc, conjugated linoleic, all these things are heavily, right. heavily. And then you got, I, I'm not shitting you, 25,000 types of like, and they're identifying more and more. And, and more than anything, it's just the natural order of that, that corny circle of life shit. But there's, it, it's a legit thing, you know, the, so ideally, if everything was perfect, we would be getting, you know, I, and I'm not a supplement guy either, because listen, I went through that supplement shit for 25 years. I bet you I spent every bit of $75,000 on supplements. And guess what? 
I'm only 175 fucking pounds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a supplement, the word alone suggests that you're supplementing something that's missing in your diet. I spent so much money on pre-workout, dude. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, Why? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. I don't do I don't do pre-workout because a lot of what I do is very highly glycolytic, um, very high intensity. So, you know, right. not very long. I mean, like prowler presses or prowler pushes, like the, prowler the low caffeine. I use the low caffeine if I do, uh, if I'm going to do cardio, I'll do the lower caffeine yeah. stuff. But if I'm going to go lift, I'll use the higher, the higher caffeine. Like, um, uh, what you, I think I use like rise. Yeah, I uh, like, I like their I like their comments. energy drinks actually, but my my thing with pre workouts is I would say this: if somebody, hey, what would you recommend? I'd be like, sleep more. If you need oh, a yeah. pre workout, mm -hmm. you're not well rested, and yeah. sleep is the most important and overlooked aspect. Everybody wants, oh, dude, you heard this new pre workout, fucking baby head smasher, blah blah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a piece of shit. I'm like, you know what's impressive? You sleep in eight hours a fucking mm -hmm. night getting deep REM restorative sleep, but it's not glamorous. You know, it's, uh, it's not one of those things that people are like, Oh, I'm like, I have horrible sleep issues. So I don't look for pre-workouts. I'm like, please make something that will knock out a fucking yeah. elephant yeah, so I funny. can sleep properly. The ZMA and, um, stuff. Have you ever tried that? The ZMA I, brother, that. I have yeah. tried everything under the sun. I'm not shitting you. It's um, when I was in Vegas, I went to this store and got one. And I was super excited to try it. So I fucking take it and I'm just lying there. You know, I'm like, mother, another one. Fuck another 40 bucks down the fucking drain. Mm -hmm. But what happens is this over-reliance on stimulants, just it, it gets you into the big negative feedback loop, okay? Raises our cortisol, raises your anxiety levels. It fucks with your you know, the kind of sleep you need. So when you yeah. wake up the next day and you're groggy and what I do, boom, I medicate with more and you just, you know, and caffeine withdrawals and caffeine addiction is a real thing, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. So my, the, the foundation of my program, number one is fucking sleep. And then right above that, right there with that is a species appropriate diet. Then you're, cause you can get, you can get all kinds of results. The training is the easy part and the fun part. Right. You know, um, and there's so many different ways to train, you know, and I change my training up a lot. You know, there's times where I just do two working sets, you know, to close to failure. And then there's times where I just really push mentally and I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to carry these hundred pound kettlebells, you know, the equivalent of a thousand fucking yards. That's a, that's a mm -hmm. gut check. You know, I believe in training your mental strength too. Um, what the hell of a farmer's carry dude. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, I've done four Oh five for 60 feet. Yeah. But the hundreds, I like the independent arms because it's, you know, and you'll get these weirdos. That, well, you know, if you stand on a BOSU ball and balance an egg <laughs> on your fucking nose and I'm like, bro, stop overcomplicating yeah. the shit. Okay. It's not the, the basics done properly. They, they work. They always will work. You know, do loaded carries, work your body's natural movement patterns. Look for the exercises that provide the most mechanical tension. Certain body parts respond better to stretches under load, like your chest. When I when I really reduce the weight on my, I would you know I could I was handling the hundred pound dumbbells on inclines, but my chest wasn't growing. Okay, and no no girl ever like I I I helped a kid the other day. He's like doing like the worst technique 
with with lateral raise. He's like taking the thirty fives and kind of doing like like he's a fucking flat like he's flash up. He was like going. Whoa. I'm yeah. like I was like hold on, brother. I oh, said, slow, I said let me see this. Yeah. I go and grab the tens and I said I'm gonna make you. Yeah, I said you know I said respectfully I'm gonna make you look like a bitch with these things, but you're gonna do them right and your delts are gonna grow. And I had him do them the right. I said listen. No girl has ever dropped their panties because a guy could do 30 fucking pound lateral raises. Nobody fucking cares. Okay, so let's do it right. And um, so I've identified, you know, the sagittal plane, the frontal plane, all these movement patterns. You can build a very, very solid physique. And we all have different genetic limitations mm -hmm. and potential. And putting them through the proper mechanical tension. You know, and it's very simple. Most of my workouts don't last any more than 40, 45 minutes. And um, what the fuck were we talking about? So, I just want to. Sorry. We have a, a question from the comments. Um, it's somebody. It's DTT Pod Network on um, Twitch. He's yeah. asking, how would a diabetic go about working out and eating? Uh, one of my, one right. of my old, yeah, one of my, I hear, I'm going to teach everybody a very valuable lesson in humility. <clears throat> old teammate of mine is diabetic. And I thought of, I was like, that is one disease I wish I had. Cause he's eating whatchamacallits and all this. I'm like, <laughs> you can't fucking tell me that you're not glad that you have fucking diabetes. Oh, well, I'm like, I'm like, Tim, you eat fucking candy bars. You eat fucking pancakes in your fucking yeah. Jack and rip. So but um, that is a question that I'm going to say. I don't think it has any effect on your training, but diet wise, That's I'm going to say, listen, I don't I would I would be very reluctant to give somebody that has diet. Now, if it's type two diabetes, that can be actually reversed and eliminated by eating properly. Um, if it's the other kind, I guess type one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So I'm going to say, but I, I would wager that your training probably shouldn't be affected by having diabetes unless sometime during your training, if your blood sugar drops. I, so you might have to be one of those guys that has to have like, you know, dextrose or something, a very simple, very fast acting, you know, glucose agent on hand and to keep your blood sugar. Yeah. I mean, oh, pop tart, whatever these fucking weirdos <laughs> are eating. Uh <laughs> As far as training goes, though, uh, you know, my buddy, he, he trained like everybody else. Um, yeah, but it's when it comes to training, I think people, for one, they overcomplicate it. Two, they do way too much shit. Yeah. Focus on a couple of exercises very intensely. Uh, not everything has to be worked through a full range of motion. Some muscles respond better to shortened ranges of motion, um, you know, but the, the beauty is, it's just like, okay, there's times um, where I'll do like a really heavy loaded stretch, you know, on a pull down or a pull up. And there's times where I'll keep a little bit of constant tension on it. It's like, why not get the best of both worlds? You know, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of untapped potential in either one of those protocols. But when I read for the chest, when I reduced the weight and started arching the chest and coming down with a really, my chest boom, it's really started to grow. So my biggest thing is, it's just like, let's not let our egos, you know, dictate our, you know, are we training for strength? Are we training for mm -hmm. physique? What are we training for? You know what I mean? Right. So. Okay, cool. That was a, that was a great well, answer to the yeah. question. 
<laughs> a long, long. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> look. If I don't know the, if I'm not one thousand percent sure in the response, I will let you know because I would never want to give somebody advice yeah. that might harm them in some way. I don't believe in that, you know. And I think a lot of people should take a cue from that. If I don't know the fucking answer, I'll tell you I don't know. But I'm glad you brought it up because now it's something I know I need to study. You're gonna go find it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll check uh, back with you in a week. <clears throat> a week, we'll check back with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, give me <laughs> give me a week. <laughs> so talking about like uh, obviously you're a veteran uh, owned company and stuff like that. Um, to other people out there that might be listening or will listen to this about other veteran companies, like what other companies have you? Not even a company, but other programs or other stuff for veterans that you've seen that have helped people or success stories or anything like that. There, um, so my, the, the nonprofit I came from, we had an awesome dream and an awesome vision that's called, um, team victory. I think he's probably still doing it. That was, we were doing free gym memberships, free nutritional stuff. You know, I, I, I believe in training and nutrition is the best drug there is. Okay. I, I've, um, you know, I've been through, and another thing that I think is so important and I'm going to give a shout out to a guy named Tom Satterley. Tom is a retired Delta Force Command Sergeant Major, okay? The ultimate badass. Okay, there's a character in Black Hawk Down based on him. And I, I've, I've met him a couple times. I, you know, I wouldn't say we're friends. I guess maybe an acquaintance. Uh, I've worked for his. Uh, he used to be a part of a company called Asymmetric Solutions, which is like all, you know, tier one, tier two, retired guys that, put on some really high speed training and we used to be able to train with them. Well, Tom, I was out in California a few years ago and I always like to read books on flights. Cause I, I'm too stupid to figure out how to connect into the Wi-Fi or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last time I brought a, a dirty magazine on the fucking flight attendant <laughs> took it from me. So I get up. So I'm at, I'm at Barnes and Noble and I see a book that Tom had written. I was like, Holy shit. I said, I know this guy and it's called all secure. So it, it was about, you know, his, his, his childhood and, and, and it reflects like, he, I, was I just on you, the, he was just on the Matt Ryan podcast. not too Sean, Ryan. Sean, Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan. Sean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, his stories are so cool. Oh yeah. And if you know his story and his wife, man, it's so I've, you know, all of us have read all these military books and it's like, they're so cliche. They're so full of shit. And I'm just like, oh, I know how this is going to end. I know you didn't say that. I know you didn't do this. <laughs> And so I'm reading Tom's and the, the the most poignant point I took from Tom's is he showed some real vulnerability about his alcoholism, about being addicted to painkillers, failed relationships, failed marriages, you know, very difficult um, connecting with his son and stuff. And I'm like, this is a guy, you know, th- this is the ultimate badass showing but that that is true courage and strength and that can't be overstated anybody can act fucking tough you know and so i realized when we started our thing is like look i'm gonna have to be really open about my struggles too you know i you know, i don't drink i don't do drugs you know i have my i have other vices which will go unnamed here uh, <laughs> uh but um uh yeah, I mean, I have a couple of vices, women, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, nail biting. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I the police, you know, the police work had more 
a more profound effect on me than the military or the war ever did. Okay, the shit you see as a policeman or as an EMS or a paramedic, you know, you know their side of the aisle, man, car accidents, mm-hmm. dead children. I mean, I've seen it all, man. And I hate to be that guy that sounds, you know, just kind of trotting out all these. Listen, I've seen dead kids. I've seen dead elderly, you know, shit that's just heartbreaking that you will never, ever, ever forget. You know, I, I when I was seven, my younger brother died of cancer. And I'll never forget that. You know, I mean, it's like, it was, yeah. I can remember like it was yesterday, how devastating that was to my, my family, to my parents and to, to have been on, you know, so many shootings and murders and homicides. I can't even keep track of anymore. You carry that stuff with you, man. And then all the violent shit that I've done. And it, it's, it's a fucking monster because when that shit gets its claws and you don't want to do anything yeah. else, I, you know, like Hemingway said, there's no hunting, like the hunting of man. I don't want to go sit in a deer stand with electric socks waiting for some buck to come up to a salt block. <laughs> you know, I want to go hunt violent motherfuckers and I want to kill them or I want to take them into custody, yeah. you know, and you fucking crave that shit, man. But yeah, the thing with Tom was just being showing such vulnerability for such a badass. I was like, I have to do that too. So people will feel okay being like, Hey, I know what you're going through. I'm like, yeah, I slept with a you know, I slept with my Glock next to my bed for years, right by my fucking head. And guess what? It wasn't for fucking bad guys. You know, it was for when mm-hmm. I couldn't take it anymore because I, I didn't see any way out. And I said, you know what? My mom died of cancer a few years ago. And I said, I'm going to keep pushing forward for my mom. And I'm going to keep pushing forward for all the people that need help that I can relate to. And so that's. You know, that's, I think that's the core statement of our mission because my, my business partner, Stacy, she's 100% rated disability from the Air Force mm-hmm. and she's had her own, you know, dramatic that's life experiences. Prior and stuff. security forces, correct? From what I read. Right? Um, no, she was, um, uh, she was, a, she was a combat controller. Oh, combat oh, wow. controller. Oh, that's okay. cool. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I was uh, she was transgender. Com- um, no, she, I forget. <laughs> And forgive me because I forget exactly what she did, but she works at Scott Air Force Base now, and she's she's just fucking brilliant. She's the she's awesome. like ninety five percent of the business <clears throat> aspect behind wow. our thing. Does every I I, I basically design the shirts, hmm. and I'm a high pressure salesman. Uh, she is invaluable to me as a business partner, to a friend, and to you know just as a human being. Man, she's just absolutely fucking incredible. Um. Talking about the so, Sean Ryan podcast, I think I forget his name that was on there, but um, it, it kind of hit home when I heard it. But uh, she said readiness and emergency management. I think that was her that just posted. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I guess she's listening. Hey, Stacy, if you're listening, <laughs> sorry, I forgot what you did. I didn't want to minimize it. I know it was really important. <laughs> but uh, it, it kind of hit home and it made me realize like, holy shit, like I, I, I feel that way. But he said every veteran, it doesn't matter what branch you 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 got out of or you went into and, and whatnot but there's always a point where like you're like i want to get out i'm tired of this but it's when you get out the the worst thing for a veteran is you suffer loss a, a loss of camaraderie yeah. loss of a mm-hmm. job you you did something for like 10 years that's all you know yeah. what to do and and now you're on your own you you just you lose it all and and loss is the biggest problem that a lot of veterans it's- face and it kind of hit home because when i got out like I lost that. Like I was really good friends with people. And then 
I never talked to him ever again. And it was like that camaraderie mm -hmm. was gone. That... Where I started working now and it was like I, I met Red and I met Blackbeard and like I got that camaraderie back, even though we weren't working on airplanes anymore. It was I got that sense of camaraderie back. And yeah, we, we've kept it ever since. What, again, it goes back to Marcus Aurelius. What is its mm -hmm. nature? Human beings, by our nature, we want to belong. We want that sense <laughs> of community and camaraderie. And I, listen, I went through something recently that tore my fucking heart out, man. It hurt like a motherfucker when guys that I have been through fucking hell with basically abandoned me, you know, and, and other guys in the unit said the same thing. You know, when we reconnected, I, I apologized to one of them. I was like, man, I didn't understand it. And I'm sorry that I dropped the ball and uh, it, it hurts, you know, guys you've been in gunfights with guys that you fucking have seen death with guys that you've done some super violent shit with and to feel like you never existed there. That mm -hmm. hurts. You know, I'm a tough yeah. motherfucker, but that one got me in the fucking gut, man. And I don't, I want to rebuild that. And, and the thing, like the gym culture thing, like the, another reason I'm so like vehemently opposed to phones is like, I was lucky enough to be around when you went to the gym and it was like an event. I mean, Hey, there's eight of us fucking squatting today. We're all doing four Oh five to the basement. That was an event. People watching you and shit. Now, you know, you could be deadlifting 800 pounds for reps and some fucking bozo sitting next to you be, you know, slumped <laughs> over his phone. Like, you know, again, like watching dogs ride surfboards and shit. And I'm just like, there's no community. There's no culture. There's no camaraderie. And for people like us that have been there and we know how valuable that is, you, you miss it, you know, and that's something we're trying to do is build that. This isn't about making money and getting rich for us. It's about rebuilding so many vital things that are just so lost in society now. You know, all this, you know, rugged individualism. Okay, okay, bro. So you did CrossFit and a Tough mutter, Motherfucker, you know, you've Liberty, never been to a bro. Yeah, that, you know what? Hey, if that piece of shit, if that piece of shit's listening, listen, you fucking <laughs> asshole. I went to bat for you, and I said... Yeah. It's very possible that you could be natural and come to find out you're on like a thousand milligrams of trend every other fucking yeah, day. Dude. Gee, I mean, you, so you're nah, a bro, fucking piece of shit. Kids, dude. Your protein is overpriced. <laughs> you owe me, you owe me money, you jack off. But uh, yeah, it's just all those things. And, and you know, and people don't ever stop to put two and two together, man. Why am I so unfulfilled? Why am I, why am I sad? Why does my heart feel empty? Why am I so anxious? Because you're missing out on all these things that make us fucking humans, dummy. Okay. You know, you don't eat properly. You don't train properly. You don't respect. And listen, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody, you know, and Stacy was probably the, you know, Stacy and one of my old teammates are the two people that, that got me through this shit, man. Nobody else did. Okay. It wasn't my family. It wasn't anybody else. Two people that I am forever indebted to got me out of the deepest, darkest hole I've ever fucking been at, you know, and having, you know, I don't need a bunch of friends. I just need real friends. You know, people Good. I know Good. that, Good. Hey, yeah. if I, if I fucking stumble and fall, they're going to pick me up. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they did, you know, they did. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you kind of like pointed at that because that the whole goal around this podcast was not for us to like get big and make a bunch of money and stuff is, uh, when Red and I were first talking, Whoa, when we first met each other, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, when Red and I first met each other, it was 
you know, there's there's nothing really out there for and yeah, everybody dogs in the Air Force, but there's nothing out there for like Air Force mechanics that worked on the flight line and and, and do this stuff. Like we're a place where we can talk about like similar stories and crazy stuff that goes on and the the stupid mm-hmm. things or the horrible things that we've experienced. And I think when it really hit home is when we had uh, like one of he's a co-host every now and then uh, when little Mikey came on and he you know talked to us offline and was Shout like out little Mikey. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm really glad you guys are doing this because I, I've been, you know, I've had a lot of bad thoughts in my life lately. And but getting to talk to you guys and talk about old things that I used to do and reminisce and like share experiences and be able to talk to people that understand exactly the stresses and the problems we went through on the flight line and, and, and maintenance mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's nothing compared to combat, but a couple of us have been deployed and we experienced different things downrange. You know, and, and being able to talk about that, he was like, a, he's doing so much better. I, I mean, I've yeah. seen they're trying yeah. to buy a house now, you know, yeah, his that, life's back and like they're doing so much better. And yeah, it, it, I, even, I would, I'm not the guy that would trivialize anybody's experiences. Okay. Yeah. Not everybody's been in a gunfight. Not everybody's, you know, experienced combat or life and death. It's okay. There's enough, you know, everyday shitty life stuff that can affect you. You know, I, I, I can't relate to you guys. I don't know. I, right. What I can do is be empathetic and sympathetic and be like, hey, you know, we come from the same kind of background, but we just have different experiences. But I would never mm-hmm. in a million years trivialize anybody's shit. It's just that's that's that, that, that's somebody's ego, you know, kind of yeah. taking over. Yeah. Oh, you don't know what it's like. I'm like, have you ever, have I don't you ever know what it's like to suck a dick either. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> seen an airplane? Yeah. Have you, have you mm-hmm. ever seen an airplane? <laughs> have i um, no i'm a yeah. fucking simp- i'm just a caveman brother i've never seen a fucking <laughs> no, i mean any airplane <laughs> i thought they were pterodactyls any airplane yeah. anywhere uh, boom then you can relate see, yeah. see airplanes that's all we do <laughs> airplane. i will i will say this i've been on airplanes enough to really 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 god bless you guys that keep those things maintained and flying because anytime I hit, I mean, a tiny pocket of turbulence or if I hear a weird noise, I'm like, we're fucking going down. <laughs> you know, I hate flying. It's so fucking uncomfortable. Uh, they seem to get smaller. The chairs don't even recline anymore. <laughs> the only thing that can, for me that can make flying worse is if there was a bunch of fucking spiders on the airplane or something like that. That's the only thing that can make it worse. I like uh, snakes. Fucking spiders. Fuck that. <clears throat> You ever seen the shiny <laughs> duct tape that people freak out about? Yeah. They're like, oh, God, that guy's putting the shiny duct tape on there. Can't believe that. Looking good. Go ahead. Yeah. Just <laughs> d- duct tape that fuselage back on. Yeah. Just send it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I may or may not yeah, still roll like, somewhere. I couldn't I couldn't do what, what you guys did, man. I don't have any, you know, it's I, it's a super high level of knowledge. It's su- it's very impressive. You know, and then with with war, war is not symmetrical anymore. It's asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. You know, we got yeah, you get cooks, motor T people that end up with combat action badges and have been, a, you know, a guy I deployed with went back again with another unit and was he was like some kind of, you know, grease monkey bullshit. They got hit with IEDs, you know, they got ambushed and they had to fight their way out of it. You know, you don't have to be, a, you know, the infantry, you don't have to be a pilot, you know. This is asymmetrical warfare. That, 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 I mean, talking like people like, oh, well, you deployed. And I was like, no, I, I went to Afghanistan. I was in Bagram. But even though I was in the Air Force, like, 
I worked during the night shift. That was like prime time for them to shoot rockets and, and mortars yeah. at you because they couldn't see you. And it's, you're trying picture trying to do this job right now. And you're trying to explain to like your young airmen or your young troop, like you're, this is normal every day back home, but imagine doing this and you start hearing <laughs> the sirens and you hear the rockets and you hear the wind behind the rockets and you hear the, the explosions like 20 feet behind you. It's like, it hits a lot differently. Like it doesn't Dude, I'm getting, I'm getting shot at right now. <laughs> I'm taking fire right now, dude. You, you, you don't know. Yeah. I'm getting shot at right now. Um, no, there. Yeah, that's huge. Like people, um, a guy I deployed with his dad was over as a, he was retired army, went back as a contractor, got killed in a mess hall from a fucking, you know, from a mortar strike, you know, these fucking, idiot, they have like zero skill. They run up, yeah. you know, yeah. fire their fucking mortar and fucking bail out, you know, they're fucking coward scum. But that one landed in a mess hall and killed his fucking dad. You know, I mean, we didn't, um, where we were at, I didn't get mortared. I didn't get rocket attacks. There was no like, you know, sporadic gunfire or anything doing the, the route security. Instead, that's where you'd run into your problems if you're going to run into right. them. But yeah, that's, uh, I, you know, I couldn't imagine the anxiety of that. So yeah, man, I, you never trivialize somebody's experience. Oh, you were in the air force. It must've been easy. Well, actually, yeah, you know, I mean, there's that stairs, a lot of chow halls. <laughs> yeah. so we a lot of good hotels. funny funny chaha story we we were in a um uh, we were in a ali Salim air force at a chow hall on, chow halls on top of this ali. hill <laughs> we were sneaking between these giant boulders instead of walking yep. all the way out of our compound and some air force guys were watching us on infrared and said if you if you keep sneaking through there we're probably you know you're likely to get shot i'm like well, I don't give a fuck because you guys got T-bone steak and lobster tails. <laughs> right? And I don't want to walk three miles just to get a well-done fucking steak. So fucking shoot me. I love but, um, I went there many times. Oh, that place was legit, dude. Snapples, T-bones, and yep, lobster everything. tails on Sunday. I we will say had, like, in Afghanistan at Bagram, every Friday was surf and turf. We had lobster and steak. Yeah. <laughs> our, it, was, our it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best, but we had it. Our mess hall was like basically cat food grade tuna salad <laughs> that had so many flies on it. We just started mm. calling them raisins. It was like, oh, tuna salad with fucking. So those flies would go, would fly. These, these flies had it made. There was a big fucking, there was a bug like fuck, a giant fucking like human excrement lagoon, you know, 50 <laughs> yards from our, from our fob. Poupon. So these motherfuckers <laughs> would go over there, eat fucking shit all day. Come land on the fucking tuna salad, eat tuna salad, and then go just go, dude. You know, I mean, oh fuck, dude. I just started basically living on about three pounds of jerky a day. Like my teeth were almost falling out from all the fucking sodium and shit. <laughs> oh, dude, it was it was miserable. But you know, that's the experience I wanted, man. I wanted to go over there and I wanted to be a fucking soldier. I wanted to live in the dirt. You know, I wanted to do the fucking grunt life, man. I didn't want all the amenities and shit and. I fucking, I got it. Hungry, it? <laughs> <laughs> it uh, well, it's just like, I know, like, I always look to suffer somehow, some way every day. Last night, you know, I got home really late from working downtown, fucking cold out. I'm really fucking tired, Bubba. I still went outside, outside and did my kettlebell swings, you know, because every, every we have it way too easy now. I mean, you can you can lay at home in your fucking skivvies, okay? You can you can fire up your phone, and within an hour you can have 
some unemployed deadbeat deliver you anything you want from the yeah. fucking Chinaman. Yeah, you can you download that. a dating you can you know you can download a dating app and have some fucking harlot come over. We're too fucking soft, man. Mm. We are so we're softer than fucking baby shit. That's why really not a lot gets to me when it comes to physical discomfort or a lot of you know certain things piss me off. Traffic, a couple other things I still pop off and lose my shit over. But <laughs> when it comes to physical discomfort, fuck, bro, I, I walk through fucking anything. You know, that's why I wrestle. That's why I do fighting. That's why I fucking push my fucking comfort zone way out of my comfort zone. You know, it's because it makes makes life that much fucking easier. But I appreciate all these things now because I don't fucking just constantly take advantage of all the easy shit. You know, everybody's living life on easy mode. And it's just like that just fucking rots you. You know, you're decaying and you're rotting. You don't even know it. Yeah. I don't even I get made fun of because I don't have I mean people make fun of me because I buy DVDs I'm like all right you bougie motherfucker (laughs) I mean what I don't have like 18 you know streaming services and I mean holy go fuck yourself I got a VHS Stacy bought me a fucking VHS (laughs) I think it's the coolest thing ever those are still rad especially if you got the you know the old school uh, Ace Ventura uh, I saw I saw a VHS at a yard sale the other day, and my daughter was like, "What is this thing?" And I was like, "You have no idea." <laughs> yeah, it's like always asking, "What's a VCR?" It's like the beginning of Indiana Jones and the and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he finds the golden fucking head, and we're like looking yeah. at it like this, you know, going like, <laughs> "Okay, I got to replace it with a bag of sand that weighs the same <laughs> as the VHS player." Or the yeah. you know, they don't get it, man. They don't get it. But you know, the the sad thing is, they don't. They'll never appreciate a fucking thing because they have access to everything all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the joke, sadly, the joke's on them. Well, we hate to cut it short because uh, Red's Red has a job and he has to get going here soon. But uh, I have to I have to go be a janitor. <laughs> Clean up the shit. I well, wanted to really thank you for coming on. Uh, it, it's been great. Uh, we'd love to have you back again <clears throat> for sure. Maybe you and uh, Stacy at one point. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. We just uh yeah, I'd like to like to talk about the project. We just we had a conference call last night with a company that's formulating um, a ready to drink coffee for us. That's gonna mm. just that's boost awesome. our, you know, yeah, you know, again, you know, by veterans for veterans. Everything we do is designed to help people that need it. You know, guys from our background, and uh, I mean, listen, bro, I, I would help anybody. I'm just, I I grew up properly. I was raised properly. I'm just, I have a very kind heart. I might look like a scumbag and I am in a lot of ways, but man, you know, at the end of the day, I, I believe in being a very fucking good human being and setting an example for, you know, the people behind us. And so, uh, yeah, I I would love to, man. I really appreciate your guys' time, man. It was, it was a blast. And, uh, just let me know when you guys are ready to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, And if you're also out this way, hit us up too. So, I mean, we're in Southern California. If you ever come out this way, <laughs> the great there, well, listen well, there there's a there's a burrito shop in delmar called totillas yeah. that is so good that i thought about flying out there just to go there you can't uh, get a proper burrito for the life of me i don't understand why these idiots can't figure it out but i'm like bros you guys have no idea the one thing california has going for it yeah. are the fucking burritos yes so, well even if you're in vegas you know it's only like a two or three hour drive for three hour drive so. yeah let us know. I mean, love to tag up and, and meet you in person, but uh, we'll talk for more, or for sure, uh, more offline and stuff like that, but maybe help us get on, on our feet with some, you know, 
merch and like how you guys went about it. We would love to like, you know, learn for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. And uh, anybody commenting that, well, you know, wants to know, uh, look up his websites right there. Uh, we'll post it all over our Facebook page. Um, yeah. I'm sure I'll buy some shirts and some hoodies here soon too. And awesome. And yeah. Thanks guys. Might see you. We really, see every, everything. Wearing, yeah. All that, all that too. money goes, all that money goes right <laughs> back into, you know, building the business, building the brand and getting the word out there. You know, I have a really cool line of jujitsu shirts that uh, have been uh, really, Sick. really well received. And we're, like I said, oh, we're, you know, we're using those funds to, you know, get people, uh, you know, and do uh, the BJJ classes and stuff like that. Are they rash the guards or are they just, are they no, just those are, we've got, I, I've had a lot of people ask about rash guards. That's something we're expanding, you know, right now mm -hmm. it's t-shirts, hoodies, beanies, stickers. Um, we're going to have, you know, we're going to do the rash guards. We're going to have tank tops. We're going to have penis pumps. Awesome. We're going to have, I'm totally kidding about the rash that. guards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, yeah, we're going to be own. like kiss, whatever yeah, the fuck it is. Time. We're going to have our label on it. Kiss. <laughs> we're going to have tier one coffins, tier one fucking coffee, you know, yeah. everything. Tier one anal beads. Yeah. Condoms, you know, Anal beads, you roll, you roll it out and it's got your logo right on it. We, we've all been sodomized uh, by the military so yeah. many times. We might as well Green come up with like weenie. tier one butt plugs. <laughs> you probably sell uh, out. It's a it's a butt plug slash kettlebell, man. You know, two birds, one go. stone. That's Cody awesome. will take three of those. Cody's <laughs> probably gonna buy. It. Who's gonna buy you out, dude? Yeah. Yeah. We'll need a test market, so let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great well thanks again awesome. everybody it's been great uh thanks for coming on the show chad it's uh, always a pleasure yeah. and we'll, we'll definitely have awesome. you stacy it on the future for sure more all right brothers thank you guys so much and thank you for this your service to this fucking country man yeah. thank you, you too. hell yeah chocks all right guys Wait, who's right. pulling chocks? talk to you soon later man see ya. see ya who's pulling chocks today who's pulling chocks you right me there. you want me to pull chucks pull usually them. fab is here to pull chucks i don't know where that ryan uh warthog is he said he was gonna jump on maybe he's watching us being like no. oh, i'm jealous no he's not that no cool. yeah you missed out you missed out you can look at you could save the warthog right now if you've seen him <clears throat> save him missing still missing save him. still missing you guys <laughs> all right hey love thanks you guys for us. thanks for joining us on our show commenting loving yep. us you know, Cody. Well, Cody, and, uh, I love you, even Cody, though you just like me. Justin, Martin, um, Stacy. Let's see, Stacy. Double Trouble Podcast Network. Pod Network. Yeah, that's badass. Thank you. Um, you can follow us anywhere, everywhere. <laughs> podcast or broadcast. Jonathan what? David Jones, Fat Nut. Oh, Jonathan David Jones. <laughs> That dude was a good dude. Yeah, he was on there. In the 31st. <clears throat> Love you, bro. I miss your face. Who? Where? Let me see. Uh, Justin Jones. Justin Hendrick. Do we know that guy? Yeah. He's from Alaska. Justin Hendrick. He he commented as well. Yeah, Woo! brother. All right, guys. We're out of here. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. Go to our Patreon. $5. $5. You get stuff. Five dollar. Okay, bye. And bye. you get free stuff sent to you. Bye. Free stuff sent to you. Five dollar. Five. Bye.
Bye. <laughs> Bye.